What a cool song. It is totally local lacquer on Friday on cliffcentral.com. Thank you so much to Gareth and the team. Back again on Monday. Wow. Toya de Lazy keeping it real with the forbidden fruit, which I think is quite apt to what we're going to be speaking about today. Uh, it's all about marriages. Uh, this week in the news, uh, same sex marriages had a huge, huge play uh, on Thursday in Nevada. There was uh, a huge judgment, which basically paved the way for legalizing same-sex marriages in the entire of America. Fantastic news. Um, really, really excited about that. And I'm very proud of South Africa because we're one of six countries that uh, legalizes or it is legal to get married for same-sex couples. So that's super, super awesome. It got me thinking about marriage as a concept. Um, my parents have been married for 40 years next February, which is ridiculous. It is absolutely ridiculous. Um, they seem to be super stoked with each other still and uh, carrying on in their own old way now. Um, but it's such a strange concept for young people. Uh, the idea of marriage, the idea of staying together and saying until death do us part. So we decided this week we're going to dedicate the entire show to talking about marriage. What are your thoughts? What is the vibe? Are you married? Are you single? Are you going to get married? You've got to give us a call 0861-555-189. We have the amazing services of Dr. D. She's going to be telling us a little bit about uh, marriage counseling and what she's been seeing in some of her sessions, uh, modern day marriages, as well as Nomboniso Gasa. She is a uh, proud gender activist. We're going to be talking a little bit about polygamous relationships as well and of course we want you to to, to get involved at yebo underscore levy uh, that's at yebo underscore levy on twitter we'll be putting up a whole bunch of articles check it out as well there's a lot of cool stuff going 0861555189 and of course wechat will be keeping it live and locked as well with some really really rad music as well and let's kick it off with some local is lacquer it's 340 mil on a friday Hi, um, it's me again. Uh, I can't seem to get a hold of you, so um, here goes. There's a thing happening at Top Star tonight, and I was wondering if maybe you'd like to go. So please let me know, give me a call, or leave a message, whatever. She loves teddy bears and bunny rabbits, puppy dogs with dirty habits. Golden hair that flows when she moves Taller than me in her new designer shoes That's okay, you're not even a cop I've been thinking about scoring After midnight driving You're the one I'm adoring After midnight driving One look at you is inspiring me After midnight driving The way you leave me smiling After midnight driving I've been thinking about scoping after midnight driving. You're the one I'm adoring after midnight driving. One look at you is inspiring me after midnight driving. The way you leave me smiling, you know you do. You know you do.
Midnight Driving, what a cool song. It is just still such an awesome band, such a cool song. I'm waiting for their latest stuff. It hopefully will come out soon. So we're talking about marriages. What is your what is your thought process on marriages? Are you completely against it? Are you all for it? It's amazing. It's it's such a polarized topic because if you are married, you are such a staunch supporter of it. And if you're single, you just absolutely don't want anything to do with it. Uh, our producers here on the show, uh, Palessa and Jack, we will be talking to them as well. They have got some very big opinions on this. It's quite a big to- uh, talking point. For me personally, uh, you know, I always thought it was a religious concept and that's why I was kind of against it. I'm not the most religious person, but I actually did a bit of research into the marriage concept and actually it goes well beyond the religious boundaries. Marriage um, started as a truly ancient institution. It predates recorded history. Early marriage was seen as a, a strategic alliance between families with youngsters often having no say in the matter. In some cultures, parents even married one child to the spirit of a deceased child in order to strengthen the familial bonds. Um, it then moved on through Bible times, and there was a lot of polygamy going on there. Forefathers Isaac and Jacob married cousins, and Abraham married half-sisters. Whoa. Yeah, apparently, um, in certain religions, you definitely, if you stay within the religion, you're definitely marrying some kind of a cousin, which is kind of scary. Um, and it seems like polygamy was the preferred, uh, kind of marriage scenario for a lot, a lot of years in, in the ancient times and biblical times. And it's only recently that monogamy has taken, uh, full strength. We've got Dr. D in studio at the moment. Um, a psychologist and very, very specialist in kind of marriage, marriage issues and marriage problems, I suppose. Um, Dr. D, good morning to you. What, um, what are you seeing when it comes to this kind of, firstly, couple therapy? Is that, does that work? I mean, are people successful? Do, do they actually come out of this and go, okay, it worked. We're on, we're on the path again. 
Yeah, it works. It certainly does work, but not all of the time. You know, when you talk about um, couple therapy or you talk about marriages and you made a statement which was interesting right at the beginning, you said those who are married will kind of wave the flag <laughs> and defend it to the nuns and those who aren't won't. It's as if those who are married are happy mm. and those who are not married are scared of it in some way or another. Both of those things, I think, um um, in some instances are true, but the fact that we do have marital therapy or couple therapy means that not all couples, just because they're married, are happy. They've made a commitment and they, there's certain, there's certain vulnerable stages in the couple life cycle, um, which we can talk about where, where issues come to the fore more. We speak about the seven year itch. More lately, we're talking about the 20-year ditch, <laughs> which is actually interesting because there's a higher increase in the divorce rate of people who've been married from 18 to 26 years. Why should that happen? It coincides in a sense Isn't with what kids? we call, yes, partly the kids, but also the kids are sort of now growing up. You know, you sort of, you sit across the breakfast table, you look at this person who you've been married to for so many years, and you realize, gee, in soon, I can't be identified only as someone else's mother, mm. you know, or someone else's wife. There's a kind of questioning at that time that coincides with the beginning of the empty nest syndrome. Kids being able to leave and you, you sort of have become a little bit triangulated because of the kids, you know, who've acted as a balancing thing. Now you confront the person again. And also for men round about that age, round about sort of very late 40s or early 50s or whatever, there's this kind of a questioning often, now that I've done everything I wanted to do or everything I thought I ought to do, how come I don't feel fulfilled? Mm. And it's often, do I need to change my life in some way? Do I need to change my wife? There's a sort of realization that the future is now. It's no longer one day when anymore. So that a vulnerable stage. There are a lot of vulnerable stages, but just generally, you know, you're talking about the thing is, let's go back to the beginning. You see, we have romanticized, we romanticized versions of marriage. Mm. We brought up with all the fairy stories and they all say, and they live happily ever after the end. Well, this is the thing now, that worries me. This well, is the thing that stresses me out is specifically in, in this uh, kind of context where the my generation, the Y generation, who are all about now, you know, fast food, fast cars, we want it now, we want to be compensated now. Weddings feel, and marriage feels like a long, well, long it's time. it's a problem if you say now, because you see falling in love, I think is confused, particularly in your generation, but in all generations, your generation, I fell in love, you didn't ever fall in love, you fell in lust. You looked at the person and there was there was an oh, immediate yeah. oh, attraction. Yeah. Because how can you fall in love with someone that you don't know? You don't know this person from a bar of soap. So what are you falling in love with then? You're falling in love with a fantasy of what they're probably like because you don't even know them. And the problem with fantasies is that they're almost always positive. You never fantasize about the downside. So if you're talking about real love, which isn't instant, and that's where the generation might have a problem, you have to grow in love. As you get to know the person, you see the things that you relate to well. You see the things that you don't, or at first you don't see anything you don't because you still, you know, your brains are, fl are fried. There are chemicals that are going on like through your body, and you're on drugs and with a stranger, and you tend to call it love. 
you know, and then you make decisions that are based on that. Whereas when it calms down a little bit, you know, passion is always, always hot. It's very, very hot. Mm. Love isn't so hot. It's warm and transcendent and lasting. That's what your parents have got. And, and in fact, I would like to say that's probably played quite a large part of who you are. If the best thing you can ever do for your children is to love your spouse. And that's not, that's not to say that if you come from a single parent or if you come from a situation where there wasn't a mom and a dad and 2.5 kids, you're going to turn out to be a mess. Not at all. But it's a hell of a good start and a really good role model to see that kind of respect, sense of security, trust, mindfulness of the other person, care of another person. Great role model mm. for a child who, in an, you know, in, in the ideal, would, would, would grow up like that. So. All right. We're on Cliff Central at the moment on Friday morning. It's uh, the Conzo Show. You're with me, Andrew Levy, and crew. We seem to be growing as a team as we go on, which is fantastic. Uh, Palessa and Jack, our producers. And we're talking a little bit about marriage, the concept of marriage. Are you pro it? Are you negative? Uh, what are your thoughts on it? We've got a lot of uh, questions coming through on Twitter. Um, Sarah Britton says, well, based on the record, uh, recent events, I'm very much for it. I never thought I would be. And I suppose that's, that's an interesting comment as what well. What recent events is she talking about, I wonder? Look, I mean, she doesn't... She doesn't say, but I suppose if I go back on her tweets, because she probably does broadcast a lot, um, she probably got <laughs> married, if I had to take a guess. Another uh, tweet coming through from um, from Stan, at Stan K. The thing about marriage is that you fall in and out of love many times over the years. The difficulty is making sure that you hang around during the out times. You know what? It is the most profound statement that he's making. Good, good on you, Stan, because that's really true. You see, when you've do it or you meet someone in the beginning you expect that kind of high of passion the last part mm. to last all the time and the thing is that it doesn't last all the time and then you get confused because you think you've fallen out of love of love you haven't really fallen out of love there are ups and downs and if you think of marriage has a good analogy for you like two pieces of a jigsaw puzzle that have to fit together there when you first decide to get together there's a there's a fit there's a fit. Are you, she has what you want. You have what she wants us with someone recently where it was very interesting. She left home at an early age, didn't have a great relationship with other parents, particularly her father, met an older guy, you know, um, and it was just perfect for her who could kind of be like a father figure. He wanted this young, gorgeous trophy wife that could elevate his status. So the fit between them was absolutely great. Mm. But the thing is, he was an excellent dad. So the little girl started growing up and said, I don't want to be your child anymore. I want to be walk at your side, not behind you. I want to have a say in things that count. So the fit that was there initially is now out of sync. And what Stan is saying, how do you keep that fit? How do you write throughout the whole life cycle of the marriage? Number one, don't confuse it as falling out of love. And that, I'd like to answer your question in the beginning, is marriage outdated or whatever? You see, if you weren't married, it's easier just to walk. 
mm. and to say in those bad times, okay, bad patch, it's over, yeah. one down, one to go, let's look for the next one. Whereas sometimes being married almost forces you to say, okay, we've got a problem. Let's look at what the issues are. Let's look at what your needs are. Let's look at my needs. And if you get through it and find ways of communicating and resolving, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. <laughs> da, 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 da. I'm glad they don't pay you for your <laughs> music. Your Thank music you. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> it just came to mind because no, I'm on a vibey station. That's absolutely cool. It's absolutely good. We're hanging <laughs> out with Dr. D. We're talking marriages on Cliff Central. We're going to come uh, to some of your calls at the moment. 0861555189. We see you. We'll get there right now. We're also speaking to Nomboniso Gasa. She is a gender activist. And uh, we'll be talking a little bit about polygamy as well. It's a really, really interesting debate going on. It's been lots of uh, laws passed in constitutional courts in the last few years. Um, By our president. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> well, he, he is a proponent of it. I just wanted to ask you, Dr. D. I mean, there's, there's this whole movement now of... of um, you know, talking about gender relationships and the male and female roles and the, you know, the traditional roles are now changing. Um, what do you think is, is that a, in any way linked to how good your marriage will then be? If you're more on a more equal foot, does that mean then it'll be a better marriage? If you're in a more traditional thing, what, what should one look for? You know, look, certainly roles have changed, are changing and have, and I think that it can work. Um, and, and the answer to your question is, is I don't think that there's a rule that would apply to all. I think that what I would say is how does it work for that particular couple? So you bring in aspects, your own beliefs, your biases, your prejudices, your ambivalence, whatever, that come from your own culture or your own family of origin, and, and that means you have certain expectations. If those expectations are different from your partner's expectations, like, like women do this and men do this, and then you can start having a problem. What would that require? Lots of courageous conversations to say, you know, I didn't know you thought that. I didn't know that this is what you expected. I didn't know that you are the one who's going to have the bank account and not me. I didn't know that you're the one who takes 100% care of the children and I, you know, you don't, or, or I'm not expected to play a role. So these things really have to be thrashed out. That's why there is such a thing as premarital counseling, where before you make the commitment, you actually have explored some of these things before. But whether it works or not, let's take something that is central to a lot of relationships and hopefully to marriages, sexual, um, the sexual relationship, you know, but that comes before. If one, one, if it's very central to one and, and very unimportant to another, you're going to have a problem. But if they both feel kind of the same about it and it works and there's a fit, then it's going to be fine. So I don't think there's a, this is what you've got to do or this is how it's got to be. It's just got to be where most people, both people's priority needs are met, mainly, and if they're not, the capacity to communicate, be authentic. We were talking on Gareth's show earlier about authenticity, to be able to state your case, be authentic, to say your needs are important, but so are mine. Every time you try and be too nice to the other person and you say yes when you really mean no, remember you're also building up resentment, mm. which could backfire against them unexpectedly. You can't imagine. Sometimes I meet with couples where it's most often the woman who is the nurturer and caregiver and taught not to rock the boat and to go along with things. Then one day something small can happen. 
I mean, he can make a remark or he can not come home at the time he was going to come home or whatever. She freaks out. And he <laughs> says, and then, and she goes on and he says, she says, and do you remember that time? It was three years, two months, ten days and three hours ago. And he says, huh? He says, yes. And this and this and this. And she says, but, you know, he says, how do you have this memory? It's like, you know, she wrote, scripted, directed, and starred in her own movie that I haven't even seen. I don't even think I was there because there's this kind of build-up and build-up and build-up. And he says, you know, you're a zombie. You're overreacting. I think you need to... And then it builds even more, doesn't it? We think that time's a great healer, but actually in relationships it isn't. What you resist persists. Hmm. It's rather better to deal with things without trying to be too nice and find good ways of communicating. And that you can teach people good ways of communicating. Without blame, you start with, I I was upset. I didn't like. That made me unhappy. Not you, bloody the, the, the (laughs) so-and-so, which would make person person Mm. defensive. So there are little tips. All right, hang out uh, with Dr. Z on cliffcentral.com talking about marriage. What are your thoughts about marriage? 0861-555-189. We're also on WeChat uh, and and uh, Twitter as well, at Yebo underscore Levy. I'm battling with the Twitter thing. It's just blah, 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 blah. At Yebo underscore Levy, L-E-V-Y. We're posting a whole bunch of articles as well. You've got to check them out. If you are married, this one, next one is for you. Uh, it will definitely put a question mark in your mind. Uh, Lionel on WeChat says, observing parents that are 30 years of marriage through bickering and fighting year after year made me take a vow to myself never to marry or have kids. I suppose that showcases how important the father and mother relationship in your life has been. Uh, we also got Bushra on the line. Uh, Bushra, good morning to you. Good morning to you, Bushra. Hello. Hello. You're on. Uh, tell us a little bit about what your thoughts on marriage are. Um, I am quite um, a, a big proponent of marriage, but I think I think it takes certain kind of people to make it work. Um, so I think increasingly, if women are more independent, they're earning more, they're delaying the marriageable age. I think it takes two very different kinds of people to get together to make it work. Now, tell me, does marriage in your mind mean or have any kind of religious connotation? Um, I don't think it has. I think increasingly it has. It has kind of evolved from it being um, an approval from a particular religion. I think it, we've kind of moved quite moved quite away from that. And I think in my mind, um, it's more about commitment of two people to make something work together. All right, cool. Thank you for calling in, Bushra and Cliff Central. Um, Dr. Z, you I want to say something? I just want to say that I love what she said because really, essentially, unless I'm reading too much into it, I think she was saying that it's about two relatively independent people who are not necessarily together because they need to so much. They're together because they want to because it's like one and one make three. And that, that you want closeness but not intrusion. You want space, but not distance. And so what you want to do is, is, is there was something about what she said that said to me that there's a respect of the other. It's not, a, it's not this possessiveness 
or that um, I need you to it's, – it's the ability in that relationship to, to be excited about the other person's individual life. They might work. You don't feel threatened. If your partner wants to play sport or whatever on the weekend, it's not because he doesn't want to be with me. It's simply because he likes sport. There's a sense of security but and isn't continuity. But isn't that the issue, though, that, that, that men and women's uh, definition of intimacy – is very, very different. Look, I think that it can be very, very different, and maybe that's why it needs to be explored. One might think intimacy means that you're with me all the time, and the other one might think the real definition of intimacy, what is it? It's being fully available in the present moment with all of your senses properly receptive to the other person. That's really what intimacy is. But when you have that kind of trust and sense of security that comes with a degree of maturity, then you don't have to have it. You don't have have to have signs of how much a person loves you, you know, all, all of the time. I mean, you know it. It's not enough just to know it. You should be able to say it and to be able to act it and to be able to express it. But there's an ongoing sense of security that says we have a life together. If you can imagine this, this is what I wanted to say. Say you've got two circles. See two circles, everyone. See two circles in your mind. One got it. Got next it. To each here. Other. Okay. Now, if you can imagine that they overlap. The degree of overlap is the relationship, the part that they're overlapping together. But there needs to be some individuality on either side. If they don't touch at all, you've just got two people who live in the same house together. Mm. You might it might you might be a, as well be a boarder. If they overlap, <laughs> you know, yeah, uh, if they overlap okay. too much then it often doesn't all go well either because that's what we call an enmeshed relationship. Every single mood, every time the one's unhappy, the other one thinks it's got something Mm. to do with them or whatever it is. See, you want a a degree that's us, that we share, that we enjoy, but without saying you can't be your own person um, as well. Oh eight six one five 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 one eight nine. Give us a call on Cliff Central right now. What are your thoughts on marriage? Of course, we're also posting a whole bunch of stuff on Twitter as well. Follow us at at Yebo underscore Levy. That's L E V Y. Uh, interesting enough, I, I read an article about decisiveness um, because often we talk about the life cycle of human beings and this idea, specifically in relationships. You're young uh, and and you get into a relationship and then uh, you're a little bit bored, so then you you decide to spice it up by buying a dog together. And you buy the dog or you move in together. And then, uh, you know, like you've been going out for two years now. You know, the signals are all there. Like, you know, if someone's waiting around. So then you decide to get married and you get married. And then that's cool for the first six months. And then you need a little bit more. So you're not actually making these decisions. You're not saying, I want to be married to you. It's just because timing is going on. As you said, time is not the healer in relationships. Um, it's because... These are societal pressures that you put on yourself. Then suddenly you're like, okay, well, now we've been t- married for two years, so let's have a baby. And then I think it talks to your your story where um, you mentioned the, the long period of time where you get to the 20 years down the road and suddenly you, you find yourself divorced because you didn't make decisions in your relationship, in your marriage, that actually forced you to do things. You just kind of organically grew, as people love to say. Mm. I think that that's true. I think there are a lot of societal pressures, and people do function without awareness. You know, and I think that that's really important. You know, what am I feeling? What am I doing? Instead of just doing things um, automatically. There are many times in relationships where, you know, you you tempted to look out of the marriage and you're attracted to someone else. And, you know, it's, and do you come down on yourself tremendously? There's a difference between how you feel and what you do. 
You know, I mean, sometimes there's even room for that in relationships. I mean, sometimes people say that, you know, that that's okay. I often find that if people do it or if they swing or whatever in relationships, they think it's okay in the beginning, but it usually catches up with them. They feel <laughs> jealous. Was the other person better? It's usually compared to me. Am I not good enough to keep you? Mm. What is it that you've got to find someone else? So I guess your whole question, and it is a real question, even though in some ways, you know, I might appear to be archaic, or but it is, it is a real question. I mean, is it an institution that is viable in this day and age? Should we encourage it in the same way that we used to? Before it was no question. That's what you did. It wasn't even a choice. You met someone, you fell in love with them, you got married, you had to be married if you wanted to have children. And that's how it was. It was like, you know, before you're the Y generation, you were in the same job for 35 years. You got a gold watch and then you retired. So we know that things have changed for that. Are we saying that things have changed for marriage? And we can talk about it. What, what, what will not, what, what is the bad side and what is the good side? What will not be transcendent if people mm. have numerous relationships and what will? You know, you've got the best role model. You're in a position to say, I mean, what have you noticed in a, in a couple? And, and then we had the other thing. We've been married for 30 years and the, the child says, I don't, I wouldn't want to be a child in a relationship like this. So I'm not ever having children. Mm. So I think that you should not live unhappily ever after. Not live unhappily ever after. I think that if there's a chance that you're going to live in some sense mostly happily and mostly fulfilledly, and if you're going to live unhappily ever after, try and address what the issues are. And if you really can't, maybe you need to move on. I'm not so sure what happens after this life. I don't think we should take any chances. <laughs> hey, I'm with Dr. D. Thank you so much for, for joining us today, talking about marriages. She's a psychologist. She's uh, dealing with a, a lot of couples counseling as well. What are your thoughts? 0861-555-189. It is a beautiful Friday outside in South Africa, and we want to hear from you. Give us a call or tweet us at Yebo underscore Levy. Uh, of course, we're posting a whole bunch of articles as well, so check them out. Uh, if you are married, you might want to have a look at one or two of them. They're very, very interesting. It's never too late to change things, and I think that's the important mm-hmm. thing. Nothing is set in stone. Uh, we're keeping it live, locked in and loud here with Imagine Dragons. Don't wanna let you down, but I 
That is uh, Demons, and uh, what a cool song to keep you live and loud on Fridays. It is Cliff Central. My name is Andrew Levy. You're hanging out with us on uh, a Friday morning. It's a beautiful, beautiful day outside, and um, we're talking marriages. Lots of people coming through on Twitter, uh, on WeChat as well, about marriages. Are you pro? Are you against? It's quite an interesting topic. A lot of people have uh, amazing experiences. A lot of older people coming through saying, I was married. Um, there's a cool article that I'll post in just a little bit about if you're going to get married a second time, what are the do's and don'ts? What should you look out for? Um, we're also you know, faced with an incredible phenomenon in South Africa, which is polygamous relationships. What do you think about polygamous relationships and polygamous marriages, more importantly? Are they for you? Uh, have you been in one? Give us a call, 0861-555-189. Hang out with uh, Nomboniso Gasa. She's an incredible researcher, analyst on gender politics. She's on cultural issues. She's a writer. She's a... A wife, she's an amazing person, let's just say that. Uh, and uh, we want to talk to you, uh, good morning, a little bit about polygamous relationships. So we, we obviously know our president is in, into polygamous relationships. Um, but just give me a sense of, you know, what are your personal thoughts about polygamy? Um, good morning, and um, good morning to your listeners. Uh, look, um Firstly, we need to understand that we live in a diverse, ours is a very diverse society. It's a culturally diverse society. It's a religiously diverse society. Um, and what the constitution tries to do is to strike a balance between, um, you know, constitutional democracy in such a way that people's religion and people's, um, um, culture and customs uh, are recognized, but subject to, um, you know, very fundamental principles in the constitution. Um, secondly, we also come from um, a background where African customary marriages were not recognized, mm. right? And and so one of the first pieces of legislation that was one of the pieces of legislation that was that was passed was um, the recognition. Uh, of Customary Marriages Act in 1998. And basically this was to regulate, right, people's marriages, those who had customary marriages, uh, and to make sure that they enjoyed the same status as in law as, as, as other marriages. So that could, for example, range from, um, your, your marriage, um, that is 
you know, even a, a monogamous marriage that is, uh, you know, that was conducted according to custom, customary marriage, but also, by so doing, also had to recognize the fact that, uh, you know, people may want to be in polygamous marriages, right? African uh, people may want to be in polygamous marriages. Also, we have polygamous marriages in Muslim um, mm, communities, mm. right? So, um, so there's a whole range of that backlog. Now, in terms of recognition of Customary Marriages Act, one of the key issues around that was to ensure that African women, in particular, um, who are in 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 in, custo- in 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 polygamous marriages or who were married. Um, under customary law that they had protection. They had legal protection. They had the protection of the constitution. But, you, you know, um, now what are one's feelings about polygamy? I mean, I... You're not a polygamist. I, I would not be involved in a polygamous marriage, right? And, um, and I think that whilst I respect completely people's right to choose, right? There are critical issues that have to go with that. The first is that the parties must consent, mm. you know, um, uh, you know, that it should not prejudice any other person. You know, the woman must not be prejudiced because, um, you know, you deciding to have another marriage. Um, one's dignity and, and, and security and, and everything that goes with a marriage should not be prejudiced by that. Now, in South Africa, we had different approaches, cultural approaches to um, polygamy, right? Um, in some cultural groups, African cultural groups, the second wife and the third wife and whatever, they all live in the same homestead, mm-hmm. right? In other groups, for example, in the part of South Africa that I come from, in the Eastern Cape, uh, you can only marry can only take a second wife if you have the means and supporting both wives yeah, effectively. but also you don't bring her into my homestead right okay so completely so, separate so homes. completely separate uh, homes um so you know a long time ago jack simons an incredible um um intellectual uh, you know uh, wrote uh, uh, about marriage and, in, you know, customary marriages. And he said, it is not the handsome Adonis who, who gets multiple <laughs> wives, you know, uh, but the man of means, right? So, so if you are going to take a second wife, you have to ensure that you are able to, to support that. However, even in those circumstances, Right, you will have a lot of people who, a lot of women who say, "I'm happy with polygamy and so on." Right, but it's very complicated. Mm. Uh, there are children that are involved. Yeah. You know, um, there's also a Kosa saying that says, "You know, uno tugu ngati kulele kustembo." You know, you are so petty, you're so angry, like a child who has grown up in a polygamous marriage. I was going to translate right? that, but you took so, that away from me. So oh, okay. okay. <laughs> You know, so so basically, there is a recognition of the fact that it is not exactly an ideal kind of situation. However, it does not mean that you don't have those complexities in monogamous marriages, mm, right? Absolutely. So, so the issue is not to pit polygamous marriage against monogamous marriage because you can be completely irresponsible and absent as a father 
in a monogamous in a monogamous marriage how do i feel about it actually i believe that marriage has got to be built on common um commitment um i believe that uh, marriage you know um in and of itself is very complicated i've been with the person now that i married to for 21 years right you to build that relationship you know because you have to you have somebody else living with you in, in your, your space, space yeah. and in his space and so on so it is complicated already mm. right now i cannot imagine you know having a second husband or having um an extramarital relationship um or him having uh you know a second wife it's just too complicated it's just so much to, work to, 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 so to, much so admin. much work you know and i kind of <laughs> too much admin and very emotional admin sometimes you know so um so if i believe that also marriage itself you know people talk about the sanctity of marriage you know i don't necessarily believe that marriage um whether customary or whatever is necessarily um the way that everybody must and should go mm. through and we have a whole range of legislation and a whole range of um approach now in south africa that recognizes the multiplicity of cultures and that uh people may have for example may choose to have life partners people for example may choose to have um you know uh, even marriages where they don't stay together and all these kinds of things and one of the issues around polygamy is also about estate you know when the man is deceased mm, and what happens are, and the estate issues and so on. so these are things that people have to be upfront about in in a relationship you know president zuma is a very interesting example actually um in terms of polygamy because strictly speaking um when you have you know when you marry your mistress you know um uh that you already have children with okay and you say well it's my culture right doesn't quite it's actually it's not it's a, really it's, 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 it's a very interesting kind of um thing because you have already you know when you were in a monogamous relationship you already had um you know another relationship somewhere else and then now you're bringing it in right the the notion really is in terms of respect um is that if you for any reason or you believe it is your culture um are going to have a polygamous marriage that actually you, you come up front and then before you start a relationship you say i actually want to have a polygamous so you don't use polygamy to regularize you know um relationships or to justify that, or right? to justify relationships that you have and then you have the second wife and then you know you want to take the third one or of course you also have children with that and often um women um, men that are in polygamous marriages right and everybody says it's better because at least i know who my competitors are i know who he's doing this thing so it actually doesn't quite work like that you know he will men will still have relationships outside of of you know of 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 all this uh, uh selection of of wives that they have and of course it requires you know um contested status amongst women now the constitutional court um you know passed a very interesting judgment about a particular community in 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 Venda um mm. community and mm. then they said um that look this was about first wives yes. yeah and in that context they said actually the 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 culture of these people is that the first wife gives consent 
right, and if the first wife has not given consent, then according to lived custom and customary systems of his people, uh, that marriage, second marriage, was is nullified. Not involved, yeah. right? uh, it's unfair on both women. But the thing is, if you are going to go uh, with the cultural route, you might as well be very consistent about it. The, the other thing is, again, that we can take from our president is that, of course, he's our president. We, we accept the fact that we have to support, you know, a, a part of his life, right? But where you have a problem is when we support four wives and, and all of parts that. of his life. Well, you know, exactly, <laughs> you know. And, and, and it's, a, it's a very difficult one, but I strongly believe that if you're going to have a, a polygamous marriage, right, you should have the means to, to do that. And, mm. and, 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 you know, I'm not going to prescribe and say he should only have one wife that is recognized and so on. But I'm, I'm, I'm going to say that one expects leadership to be sensitive and to say, I will ease your tax burden. I mean, in terms of, I will ease how I will use your tax. So I offer that, you know, the only wife that is uh, supported by the state in any way is, is, you know, and then you can choose, you know, it can be the last one, the first one, the middle, I don't care. And that, that's, you know, that's my, yeah. my feeling. Personally, I struggle with the notion of polygamy in the same way that I struggle with the notion of monogamous marriage and somebody else messes outside. Goes around, yep. mm-hmm. We're hanging out with uh, Nomoniso Gasa. What an interesting and fascinating woman. Researcher, analyst on gender, politics and cultural issues, uh, also a columnist, a writer, and uh, she's giving us our views or her views on polygamy. Uh, we've also got lots of tweets coming through as well as WeChats and people calling 0861555189. Let's get to some of those calls as well. Um, Celine is, has been holding for quite a while. Celine, thanks for holding. What are your thoughts on marriage and uh, polygamy? Hi, Andrew. I think this is a great conversation we're having. Um, I have nothing against marriage. I think it can be a beautiful thing. I'm not married. But I think what scares people, and me particularly the most, is this idea of committing for life. So, yeah, I want to know what are your thoughts on that. And I think if we're honest with each other, I think we have a better chance of surviving um, if we commit to... Um, growing each other and not just commit to being together forever. Very cool. Thank you, Celine. Um, very interesting thought. You know, this idea of of uh, do we do it forever? Are we, you know, commitment phobic? I think is is the word. Um, Daniel on WeChat says polygamy is generally viewed as a man marrying several women, at least by law. What if a woman wants to marry multiple men? Is that also viewed as legal by law? Is there some sort of stigma against a woman marrying multiple men? Nombi knows. Jeez, you see, I'm just tongue-tied today. You see, and I've stuffed up your name. I'm sorry. Nomboniso. What are your thoughts regarding this kind of commitment-phobic uh, behavior? Do you think that in the modern day, I mean, you've been married for a while, but um, you've seen it with young people, this idea of making changes on the fly, making them quickly, and not wanting to be held in a relationship? Yes, I mean, I think that us, I, I think that we do have people that are commit, um, that are commitment phobic, you know, um, in so many ways, you know, either at work or you know, people ch- changing jobs, and I think people don't always change jobs because they want better pay, but sometimes because they don't want to commit and be in in one space and and so on, and um, marriage demands a lot, 
you know, from a person, you know, um, or re- any relationship that is meaningful actually demands a lot from a person. So it is something that you have to think about very carefully, right? Um, and which is not necessarily commitment phobic, mm. right? And there are people who can say, mm, it's not for me, you know. I that thing is too much. It demands a lot. I uh, uh, <laughs> that thing is too much. Know, <laughs> it's not for me. So, uh, but we are also having a, a situation. Uh, we are in an era where people are afraid to commit, and yet on the other hand, they commit themselves to really hectic things. Mm. You know, they are. You, you find a thirty-year-old buying um, a house for, you know, that costs eighty million. Um, you know, rand. I mean, eight million rands, because at that particular time he or she has a, an income that can cover that. That's about thirty years bond, right? And so they commit, like, which thirty-year-olds do you know? You know and then they, they, you know, I'm telling you. I mean, like, and they kind of like, and they struggle to pay this because, of course, a lot of money, and 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 they don't realize that they've tied themselves into this thing and you can pay it for life mm. right so it's quite interesting what kind of things what kind of commitments people are afraid of and i think um with good reason um you know a situation that demands a marriage is not like a bond yes. you know it's an emotional um commitment it's 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 it's, it's all encompassing in many ways and and i think that uh, sometimes it is better Actually, for some people not to get married and, and to go or rather go slowly on the children uh, in terms of having children so that they can have the flexibility without affecting very uh, vulnerable people, black children. WeChat, Daniel said this, you know, this polygamy and, and the law uh, for a woman to have multiple men. Um, I'm not sure if you can answer that. Of course I can. Is, is, yeah. the law, is the law going both ways? Is it fair? Well, you know what? I mean, the thing is, they they. they so far, it's based on, you know, what are the customs of people, right? Um, so in South Africa, we don't really have that particular custom, or if it if it is there, it is so, you know, it has disappeared. But I think that it would be very interesting to have, and that is where you could test the law, you know, where a woman says, well, actually, I want to have many men, many men. And, um, you know, and I can. Flip, I think that'd be can, amazing. You know, I think we need to get a celebrity <laughs> to do that. I think Kanye Bao needs to do and, that. That'd be amazing. And, and you see, then I want to hear these people who say, well, I, it is my choice, you know, <laughs> uh, to have, uh, you know, uh, many wives. So I want them to kind of like say, well, it is her choice to have many, um, you know, multiple, um, relationships, not just, Relationships, but actually multiple husbands, you know, and then let's see how that would work. Fascinating. There, there is grounds in legal terms, mm. right, for a person to say, this is what I choose, you know, and, and, and would have to see how, how that works. All right, lots of comments coming through WeChat and Twitter. Join the conversation at Yebo underscore Levy. Nombo Niso Gasa is our guest, and she's quite active on uh, Twitter, and uh, a relatively new person on Twitter. But what I do like is your numbering system. <laughs> you can't get uh, your your voice uh, across in 160 characters, so you just number your tweets. So you must follow the conversation. Oh eight six one five 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 one eight nine. Dave uh, Dave Dias from Johannesburg is is on the line. Dave, uh, good morning to you. What are your thoughts on 
on marriage. Hello? Yes, hello. Don't sound Hi, so surprised. You phoned us. <laughs> <laughs> no, sorry. I didn't realize I was on. How's it going? Good, good, good. What are your thoughts on Are you married? What are your thoughts on marriage? Yes, yeah, I'm married. I've been married for almost a year now. Um, probably the best decision I've ever made. Very, very happy. Were there any moments, and be honest now, I know your wife is probably listening, but were there any <laughs> moments where you're like, geez, maybe I should have thought about this for a little bit longer? Nah, not at all. Man. Such a liar. What a liar. What a liar. He's been married for was, how long? For I one year. With my, I was for almost a year. I've been, I've, um, I was going out with my wife for about four years before we got married. And I can tell you now, it's probably the best decision I ever made. Our, our relationship was always strong. So to be honest, from being unmarried to married, uh, not much changed. Just other than yeah. we, we were very happy to make the commitment. Well, congratulations, and uh, I wish you all the best. Uh, a year is, is a fantastic time. I mean, I want to talk to him when he hits the seven-year mark. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's talking about the seven-year mark like it's a freaky thing. Uh, Dave, thanks for calling in. 0861-555-189 is the number to dial. If you have any questions, um, if you have any thoughts about marriage, of course, you can hit us up on Twitter as well. Uh, what is your craziest um, wedding kind of ritual? Uh, I, I saw this this great article. I'm going to put it online now uh, about wedding rituals. And uh, in Russia, you actually have to steal your wife from the family um, be the day before. So you have to actually create this whole stealing um, ransom kind of thought process, which which is probably quite apt in Russia. Um, of course, in Zulu culture, I was reading about this, and a few friends were telling me about it as well. Um, obviously, you slaughter a cow, but in Zulu culture, very rural the woman actually has to put money in the cow's uh, guts to symbolize that now I'm welcomed into the family, which I never knew about. Mm. It's fascinating to me. Um, mm. Anything in the Tosa culture that's, that Westerners would probably think is a little bit crazy um, or different? There are so many, so many things. Um, for example, that, you know, you can be staying like, before I got married, I was living with the man that I married. And in fact, none of us, neither of us can remember why we actually decided to get married. <laughs> because nothing <laughs> that, changed. I don't know if that's a good thing then. No, eh? it's a very good thing because nothing changed, you know. Mm, we yeah. kinda, uh, anyway, so one of the things that I find very interesting is this thing that um, on the day of marriage, you know, you're not supposed to see yes, you know, yeah. your wife and, and it's absolutely taboo. Of course, we didn't go with that. And, <laughs> uh, we kind of like, he, he come, came to my parents and, and he stayed in my, in my bedroom. And, you know, people were, you know, kind of uh, uh, shocked. We're not shocked. To see him. And kind of like, I'm sorry, uh, you know, everybody knows I've lived with this person. And there are all these kinds of things. And also this whole notion, and it's across so many cultures, this whole notion, this assumption of, um, of vaginal marriage, you know, mm. that this woman has not been touched. Yes. In the meantime, uh, a man can do whatever he wants. You know, so. Yeah, but also, in fact, everybody knows that you've been having relationships or you've been having a relationship with this particular person. But there's an in, there's this whole innocence mm. um, kind of thing that you find, and and it's there also in European, in, in, you know, in a, in, in a lot of, um, you know, um, you, you look at people. Who are in their fifties when they get married, and some, sometimes it's their second marriage, and they still have veils, 
you know. Mm. Um, and, and, and you kind of think, well, anyway, I think that the veil thing is just one of those weird <laughs> things. If I can think of something that's like very weird, that whole veil thing. Um, so, yeah, I mean, one of the things that I, I would like to say um, is in terms of African communities in South Africa is that there are so many issues that go with marriage, um, particularly with polygamy, which is where we started, um, and very, very difficult issues. Now, a group of people have written a book that is um, very interesting, which is called Marriage, Land, and Custom, and that is edited by Aninka Klassens and Dismath of the Center for Law and Society at UCT. And I think that one of the things that this book does is it, it raises so many critical questions about property. It also raises actually the, 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 the reasons for the decline of marriage, uh, particularly um, amongst poor African communities. And that is related to demands on Lobola, um, you know, that are getting more and more ridiculous. Uh, the, you know, all these kinds of things. So when people say oh, marriage is on decline in South Africa, people don't want to commit. It's also very important to actually understand what are the other socio-economic realities that confront people. And I really would like people to read some of these books and just understand the, you know, how the majority is viewing things and how people are normalizing their lives and in fact embarking on very radical forms of social change even as poor as we think, uh, they, dis they are disempowered. Uh, but actually, they are making choices in their lives. I've just put uh, just put that uh, book up on Twitter. If you want to go and check it out, uh, do do check out the name. It, it is there. Uh, Nobonisa, you've been my guest. Thank you so much. Um, just quickly, if you want to follow her on Twitter, she's fantastic. Nomboniso is N O M B O N I S O Gasa G A S A. It's all one word. You'll see the one, two, three, four, five, six <laughs> because she can't do it in 160 <laughs> characters. Uh, we've been talking marriage. If you do want to check out some of the stuff that's been spoken about on the show, just go to www.cliffcentral.com and uh, follow the podcast. Of course, you can check out some of the interesting articles that have been uh, throughout the show at Yebo underscore Levy, L-E-V-Y. And uh, Luke says uh, a cool little known fact is that polyandry is the female version of polygamy. So it's called polyandry. That is your fact for the day. Thank you so much for listening to the Codza Show. Back again next Friday. We're speaking about youth, youth development and uh, what it's like for young people to enter uh, the South African economy. We'll see you all again next week. This is just taking you a little bit back uh, to last Friday when Rudimental was in the country. Have yourself a lovely Friday. Thank you to the producers, Palessa uh, Mahatla and Jack Mutlante. We'll see you again. Ciao, ciao.